This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Gene Widener Plumbing Studios. For all your plumbing needs, go to GeneWidenerPlumbing.com. Anthony Wittrato of Forbes, senior MLB writer for Forbes, uh, comes up uh, here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so from right now. Going to start off talking about your Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, 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 the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, who now sit a game behind the Brooklyn Nets for that two-seat in the Eastern Conference, four games out of first. That that ship has sailed. They're not getting the first seed, so they're going to have to run this gauntlet that we've all been fearing uh, this entire time. They are sitting in a matchup currently with the Miami Heat, who are currently in the sixth position at this point. But that could change because the Miami Heat are one game behind the New York Knicks for the fourth position. I have the game behind the Atlanta Hawks. For the fifth position. Now, the Celtics, having lost Jalen Brown, are two games behind Boston for the sixth slot. So that is probably done for Boston. So Miami could move up. New York and Atlanta could fall back. So you could still end up with Milwaukee against Atlanta, Milwaukee against New York, instead of having to deal with the Miami Heat uh, in the first round. But last night's game against the San Antonio Spurs is a game that happens from time to time. Uh, throughout the course of a year, where you just get absolutely pounded. My question is just quite simple. Are you concerned about anything after any red flags pop up, after watching that game last night, that has you, I don't know, mildly concerned, whatever you want to call it, uh, going into the postseason here? This is the last week of the regular season, then we get going in the postseason. You lose 146-125. to 125. That, despite the fact that, All three of your big three, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, all scored over 20 points in that game. Shot 50% from the field, but your bench stunk. Stunk. Not only did your bench stink, uh, but so did your defense uh, at this point uh, as well. And Giannis uh, talked about just that. We didn't make it tough enough. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, we... You know, we tried to be there, but it wasn't there. You know, obviously they made a lot of shots, they made threes, they made um, mean raids, um, you know, pick and roll, coverage was terrible. You know, uh, got a lot of easy layups out of pick and roll. That's pretty much it. That was pretty much it. No, no doubt about that. And from, from that perspective, when we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs, you have to play at a top level as close to every game as you can. You have defensive lapses like this. Now, again, and also the Spurs were red hot from three, right? So that that played into it. But Giannis broke down every aspect defensively of what you did wrong on that side of the floor. So when you get run uh, in the first quarter and you're down uh, after the first quarter, what was the score after the first quarter here? Yeah, you gave up 45 points in the first quarter. So you know that you're not playing well defensively. To me, it's always fun to see whether or not a team can adjust and respond, right? Is there somebody over there in that in that timeout that's being like, hey, y'all, we better figure this out. Like, we're horrible right now defensively. Let's pick it up. 
We need these games here. We want home court against Brooklyn. Maybe they don't care about home court. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if that's important, you would think a Giannis or a Middleton or a Drew Holiday is in everybody's ear on the sideline going, guys, we got to go. Like, our defensive intensity is horrible. We're missing assignments. Guys are wide open. This has to stop, and it stops now. But that's not what happened. You then went in to give up 42 more points in the second quarter, gave up 87 in the first half. And y'all couldn't figure it out. To me, that's a red flag. When we start talking about red flags that come out of these last games of the regular season, when you know you're in the playoffs, you know that you're going to have home court in the first round, those type of things. You're further enough along in the season here where, yeah, I got a bad game in December. Bad game in January. Long season, man. Guys are going to be tired. Guys are going to be out of it. It's one game in a long stretch of games. Not really a big deal. Very similar to baseball, right? It's a marathon, not a sprint. A game in April means as much sparky as a game in September. Okay. Well, that very well may be true from a technical standpoint that each win is worth the same amount. From a player standpoint, that that game in April uh, does not seem to have nearly the importance as a game in September when you have a week or two weeks left and you're a game out of the playoff spot or you're up a game in the playoff spot then those games feel much bigger, of much more importance to the players playing than a game in April or May or even June, for that matter. Just what it is. So when you get to the last week of the season and you're playing for home court advantage between you and the Nets, which is a two seed, you would think there would be more of a sense of urgency to go into the playoffs on a good note, to run the table, to show everybody that this is the team. You took care against business against the Nets. You did your thing. And that was fine. That's great. But now you have this game here with San Antonio, and you were just lost. Despite your three guys doing what they're supposed to do. And that's why when we talk about the postseason and those games, and we have the conversation of, well, it's up to Giannis. Giannis has to carry it. If Giannis doesn't do his job, they're not going to win. Fine, yes. Giannis has to throw up his 30 or in that area every night. Good. But if you take this and say, if you look at the box score after a playoff game and say Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday all put up the same numbers they put up in that game, as a Bucks fan, you should say, that should be a win. Our big three all did what they were supposed to do. That should be a win. It's not going to be a win. Defensively, you stink like you did, and it's not going to be a win if your bench stinks like they did. We had Keith Smith on earlier today, uh, the Wendy's Big Show from Yahoo Sports. And we were talking about the depth. And he pretty much said, hey, look, Bucks aren't 11 deep, right? They're not going to be able to play a ton of guys. But when you get into the playoffs, that's when your better guys play more, which is something Budenholzer hasn't done the first two years. Hasn't. Will this year be different? We're going to find out. But the last two years, nope. Kept their minutes down, played it like a regular season matchup. This year... If he is going to increase their minutes, now you're talking about, what, three other guys, maybe four other guys that are going to get run here? You figure P.J. Tucker's going to get his 20 minutes or so. Bobby Portis will probably get his 20 minutes or so. And then between Connaughton and Forbes, they'll probably both get some run too. It may only be eight guys. But of those three or four guys that come off the bench, they have to give you something offensively. They have to. And if they're not going to be something offensively, then they better give you something on the defensive side of the floor. Because if not, your big three can do what they want, and it's not going to be good enough more than likely. Especially if you get into a series, and it's Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, and they're all throwing up 30 in a game. That's going to make things even more difficult and make life even more difficult for you trying to advance from series to series. So, while you look at that game and go, ah, whatever. Initially, that was my thought. Nah, whatever. But when you take a step back and you look at it and you hear comments from Giannis like you heard, that sounds to me like a guy that just, he knows what the problem was, and and they simply couldn't fix it. Obviously, we didn't do a a good job, uh, and combination of, they made a lot. You know, they were hot, uh, they was missing, and... um, we didn't do a good enough job, you know, stopping them and making it tougher for them. Uh, and that's why they were able to score 146 points. In four quarters. 
that wasn't an overtime game. They got 146 points. No, that was a four quarter game in which they got 146 points. And, and from from my perspective, that can't happen. That just can't. And you look at say the Nets, and on that staff is Mike D'Antoni, right? Okay, Mike D'Antoni, not a big believer necessarily in defense. He's not. That's something he gets too overly concerned about. It's about offense. And those Phoenix Suns teams that he had with Nash and Stoudemire and those guys were great regular season teams. They were. But then when they got to the postseason and the screws got tightened a little bit and the referees started calling the game a little bit differently and it became a little bit more physical, they shriveled up and that was the end of them. And what I'm getting concerned about is this Milwaukee Bucks team falling into that same type of trap. That's where I get a little bit concerned. Where is this Bucks team going to be that version of that Suns team? Where you've got talent, back-to-back MVP, right? Steve Nash of the Suns at multiple MVP. Giannis, multiple MVP. One clearly better than the other. Fine. But if you can't get over the hump in the playoffs, what eventually happens? Your window closes and it's over. And you've got 50-win seasons and... 55 win seasons and all of this stuff, and that's all fine. But you were only able to do it in the regular season. And when the time came to finish, you couldn't finish. And I would hate to think that this Bucks team ends up being more similar to that Suns team than what any of us realize going into this thing. That that's to me, that's that's a concern that I have. Uh we got some uh news coming from the Brewers, breaking news on the big show network, power to you by uh, odyssey.com and on 1250 AM the fam uh, and presented by BetQL become a better sports better get smarter to beat the books download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today yes Dan Plucker yeah we noticed that the Brewers were selling more tickets for games and here is why capacity at American Family Field is increasing to 50% Woo! beginning with this Saturday's game against the Braves Whoa. the Brewers announced 50% capacity Whoa, buddy. So now you're talking 20 some thousand people uh, in the stands, I think capacity is like 42,000, somewhere in that it's area. right around that range. Right. Yeah. So you're talking 20, 21,000 people uh, into the ballpark. Now things are going to get a lot more tight. Because I just went to that game, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago. And like I said, we were in the upper deck. There was 15 rows between, 10, 15 rows between me and the next person in our section. And then sections next to us, there really wasn't that many people either. So 50%. See, again, by the time... You get to the NFL season, all of these stadiums will be at capacity. By the time you get to MLB playoffs, they're all going to be at capacity. Don't you think, Plucker? I mean, that that's what we're, I mean, you're you're at 50 games, you're only a month into the 50%, and you're only a month into the season. At this rate, they will be at capacity, I bet you, by September. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what the NFL is expecting too. I mean, yep. we're talking fall. And I'm pretty sure Goodell has already said last year that their plan was for the opening of 2021 season for them to have full capacity in their stadiums. So it's coming quicker than maybe some people thought, but I would expect the NFL and the MLB to both be at full capacity this fall in the NBA once they start up again, whenever that is. Well, that's going to be the thing, though, now here. What is the NBA going to look like? Because they're inside, obviously. How much more will the capacity limits be raised uh, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, because obviously you see what the Brewers just got. So now if you're the Bucks, I would assume this whole time you've been working to increase your capacity for the playoffs because you want to be in a situation where you can have as many fans as possible to try to make a difference against the Heat or against the Brooklyn Nets or against the Philadelphia 76ers. That that obviously is going to be the next step for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and Pfizer form to get as many people in there uh, as possible. Coming up next, we'll talk with Anthony Wittrato. Uh, senior uh, MLB writer for Forbes. But first, let me tell you about uh, my good friends over at Young Express. John Young and his crew do an outstanding job, and you can be a part of it, right? You can partner up with Young Express because they're looking for full-time independent contractors to become successful transporters of expedited freight. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're going to load stuff up into your car or your vehicle, whatever you're driving, Sprinter van, whatever, and you're going to go to point B. You're going to drop it off. I'm going to call back to dispatch, which they have 24-7, so they're always there to tell you where to go next, and they're going to drive to your next location. Now, the big deal about why 24-7 dispatch is a, is, a, is a huge deal is if you're not moving, you're not making money. So if you're sitting in uh, 
Wausau, let's say, and you're there for two days and you have nowhere to go, you're making no money. And odds are you're paying for a motel or a hotel or whatever the case may be, and now you're losing money at that point. That's why dispatch is very, very critical uh, in this whole thing. 99% no-touch freight. That freight is loaded and offloaded for you, so all you have to do is drive. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. Now is your time to start your new career. Or maybe you're doing this already and are looking to hook up with somebody different as a contractor. Young Express is the team you should hook up with. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Rami Makhlouf show comes up uh, in about 40 minutes. Actually, it's the Rami show. He didn't put his last name in the show title. So the Rami show uh, comes up, uh, like I said, here in about 40 minutes. Don't go anywhere and uh, you'll be able to hear Rami Makhlouf. Should be a fun show coming up. Tyler Dunn uh, will be on the Rami show uh, later this afternoon, if you missed the uh, piece done by Tyler Dunn uh, earlier today, he had an interview with Ron Wolf, the former Packers GM, uh, that we read snippets from from the Ron Wolf uh, interview earlier today uh, when we had the Wendy's Big Show. And very, very good stuff by Tyler Dunn. Just does a great job uh, at uh, covering the NFL. Go long TD.com if you want to check uh, that out. Joining us now, the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the senior MLB writer. For Forbes, he is Anthony Watrado. What's going on, Anthony? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I want to talk baseball, but I, I just saw on your Twitter profile, you're with the PGA Tour now, too? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I'm doing, uh, I'm the public relations lead for the PGA of America, um, focusing on uh, diversity and inclusion issues. Nice. As well as as well as the Forbes, as well as covering baseball right, yeah. for Forbes. Yeah, that I, I knew that part. I just didn't know about the PGA part. So, are you liking it? I am, man. This is a, I just started, so this is just my third week. So, I'm still within my first month here. But uh, a lot of cool things happening in the in the golf uh, in the golf world. So, especially when it comes to kind of getting more people uh, playing the game and giving more people access to it. So, exciting. No question, uh, and that that's awesome. So congratulations on that. All right, let's talk about. Uh, so Major League Baseball, we'll talk Brewers, obviously, to start here, but I want to get into some other things around Major League Baseball, too. Okay, so first things first, this Brewers team, you got you know, 15, 16 guys on the IL, and they're still sitting right here uh, knocking on the door of first place after having been in first place uh, for quite a while here. But eventually, injuries eventually catch up. Your thoughts on what you've seen out of this Brewers team to this point and how this division is looking to this point? Yeah, I think um... – I don't think the division is quite the battle of futility that maybe some people thought it would be. Uh, I mean, it's, it's early still, so who knows how things shake out. But I, I think there's some good baseball being played, and I think there's, for the Brewers especially, there's obviously some really good pitching happening. Um, you know, those injuries are, are, are stacking, and they're, they're mounting up. And I think that – Based on what that division is, there was some obviously there was some some credibility to the predictions early in the season of what that division might be and how it might play out. And I think that the Brewers are benefiting from that a bit uh, because you know they, they don't have a full complement of, of players right now. Um, to their credit, though, they have been a competitive baseball team uh, that that can pitch with, it seems, just about anybody in the league when they're on. Um, so, you know, I, for them, I think this is sustainable, for sure. Uh, if they can get healthy and they can get the bats going uh, at a consistent level, if they can get Yelich back at some point, who knows what's going on there, uh, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. And I think probably if they can get some somewhat healthy, I think going forward, they're probably the favorites, at least the way I see them. No question about that. And I, I think part of it is, obviously, because like we were talking about in the past, is they're pitching with Burns and Woodruff and Hader and Williams, then J.P. Fyreisen pitching as well as he's pitching. You know, most of the times, back when you were here covering the Brewers for the Journal Sentinel, it was go find a starting pitcher at the deadline, empty out your farm system, do whatever you have to do to kind of get yourself over the hump. Nowadays, 
uh, they're in a position where maybe it's go find another bat at the deadline, and normally those bats come a lot cheaper than does a starting pitcher. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. And when I was there, um, it was the opposite. Like you said, it was how can we hold the staff together? You know, can we find a reliever? Can we find a starter who can plug in somewhere who's going to be healthy? Um, because they resembled more of what the National League Central, I'm sorry, more of what the American League Central looks like right now, where it was just, let's just scout score people if we can. Um, and, and hopefully we get a good fishing performance here and there. And so, you know, now you're right. It's, it's who's going to be on that market in a couple of months that we can go snag. That's going to be an impact top of the order, middle of the order kind of bat for us. So, um, and, and you're right. That's a, that's a much more advantageous spot to be in than the other one, because bats are cheaper bats can be more impactful on a day-to-day basis for obvious reasons. They put are in the lineup every day. Um, and there's more of them out there. And so, you know, if, if they can go ahead and do that, like this is, you know, just let's play fantasy baseball here for a second, but like, let's say, let's say the Braves tire of Marcelo Zuna's contract and realize, you know what, this isn't the direction we want to go, but he's bounced back from a slow start. And by the time the deadline rolls around, he's a hot hitter and he's middle of the order kind of guy. And let's say the Braves are willing to eat some of that money uh, in terms for a little bit better package for uh, prospects. Well, maybe the Brewers can make a move like that. You know what I'm, and I'm not saying that that's the thing. I'm just saying when you have those options, when you're looking for offense, a lot more of those situations present themselves come the deadline than pitching ones. So yep. if they can continue to keep this rotation and bullpen where it's at, um, they're going to be in a pretty good spot because they can go out and improve the club offensively much easier than they can if they needed pitching. What's going on out, uh, out west with your Dodgers and Giants and so forth? That Ooh. I think that's got some people baffled right now. Yeah, um, the Dodgers are bad. They are a bad baseball team right now. They they actually have been pretty bad for most of the season. It's not just this this run of you know the last three weeks or so. They haven't hit for the most part since the season started. Um, they pitch. That rotation is excellent. Um, it's it's everything it was built to be so far. Uh, they lost Dustin May, who was turning into a stud. Big I mean, old redhead. He looked, yep. Yeah, he you know 100 miles an hour with movement on both sides of the plate. Um, his last couple starts, his last three starts, you know, the knock on him last year was that he wasn't missing a lot of bats. He was effective, but he wasn't missing enough bats. I mean, he was mowing guys down with, you know, with his curveball, you know, that, that cutter he had at in the high nineties, sometimes hundred miles an hour was, was freezing guys. So to lose him, um, and, and a sub three ERA at the back of your rotation, he was our number five starter, uh, is it, it hurts them because, you know, that depth that they had built up over the off season is gone. It's completely gone. Now, David Price is on the DL, uh, Tony Gonsolin's on the DL. Uh, so they're, they're hurting there a little bit. Um, and the bullpen is just, it, it's always been a question mark for them, but what wasn't and what we didn't expect to be a question mark was that offense. Um, they have no problem getting guys on base. So some of their numbers are skewed because if you look at some of the advanced stats and everything like that, they're, they're on base percentage is so high that it balloons those things a little bit. But so far, that stuff's not turning into runs. And they're losing a lot of games by one. Uh, they lead the majors in, in one-run losses right now because their hitting with guys on base is just absolutely god-awful. Uh, and when, you ha- when you're not able to do that and your bullpen is shaky, you're going to lose games. And right now, they look like a really, really vulnerable team. Now, there's probably too much talent in that lineup and especially when Cody Bellinger comes back for them to be this bad for the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, we're approaching the middle of May. It's not necessarily early anymore. And so, you know, Mookie Betts hasn't really done much. Corey Seager is very inconsistent. You know, Max Muncy is in a huge slump right now, although he's getting on base with walks. So, they look like where, you know, early in the season, those first 15 or so, 20 games, they look like everybody else in baseball was playing for a second, not just the National League. And now it looks like, well, is there hold on that division as secure as we thought? You know, I mean, we don't know. And, and the Giants, I think, are, are a decent club. I don't think they can hold on to that top spot all year. Um, 
So I, I still think it's a San Diego LA fight come the second half of the season, but it's it's neither team looks as good as we thought they were going to. No question about that. Talking with Anthony Retrato, senior MLB writer uh, for Forbes. I, I want to get into a, a little bit of what's going on with the Angels. Obviously, everybody knows how great Mike Trout is, but the the, the talk that has been growing here is Otani. Uh, and whether or not he might be an MVP-type candidate here with what he's doing, pitching uh, and hitting at this point, and really what his numbers would have to look like. Obviously, he has to stay healthy. That's the number one thing. But it, what his numbers would have to look like from a pitching and hitting perspective in order to have him be the MVP of Major League Baseball this year? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think, you know, I, I would say this. I, I think if you look at something like OPS+, Plus where 100 is league average, uh, and you start getting into the 150s, you know, those kinds of numbers, that's, that's kind of elite status. I would say if, he can, if he's cracking the 140s offensively, and then you look at his ERA plus, which is a similar measured, similarly measured metric, uh, and he's in the 130s-ish right around there, and, and he's the kind of guy who has an ERA that's, you know, low threes, there's something to be said about that there. Uh, now, he's not going to have the innings pitched, I don't think, to, to really uh, – There's that's going to be a knock on him. And, and it's just the nature of him being a two-way player. But I think when you look at all that he brings, when you can add a, a, a pitching war that's plus-plus and an offensive war that's plus-plus, um, you have to start talking about this guy as maybe not the best player in baseball, but is he the most valuable on any given team? And I think if he can do that, that's a real conversation that we need to have because it's something we've never seen before. You know, we knock guys on the offensive side who say, you know, we, we say, well, he's a bad defender or he's a DH or something like that. So he shouldn't be the MVP. Well, not only does this guy do that, he pitches too. And so, again, that's, that's going to be a real conversation and I think a real debate if he can keep this stuff up because right now, um, nobody's Mike Trout, but he looks like that next level of player in the American League in terms of you know the who's who and who's best. Uh, he's a, he's been had we not seen that injury for him, that Tommy John issue, um, what he might be right now might be something that we're absolutely marveling at. And and in a year or two, that might be the case for sure. You have Trout and Otani, you're in last place in your division and under 500 on top of it. Uh, two other things well, for two other things. There's a whole, there's that's a whole other mess for that organization. No question. Two other things I want to get into here. Uh, one, uh, La Russa with the White Sox, not knowing the extra innings rule and trying to send a pitcher <laughs> out there uh, to run at second base. I, I, I understand he's old and I understand he's been away from the game, but if you're going to lead an organization and lead a team, you should know the rules, shouldn't you? That's inexcusable, man. It is inexcusable. Um, look, there were a ton of, aside from should he just be hired from a character standpoint, there were a ton of uh, question marks about how he was going to handle today's strategic game. And so far, he's failed just about every test. And he wasn't very good before. I mean, he had a Cardinals team that was really, really good. Um, and, you know, he, he probably mismanaged that roster as well. And you look at it now, and it's just – it's brutal. I mean, aside from things like that, which, again, it's just inexcusable. Not knowing the rules for an extra inning situation that is new, uh, given that it's new, I know that. But you, you need to be studying that through and through, your entire staff. And for no one to say anything to him, there, there's a problem there either that they didn't know also, the rest of his staff didn't know. That's, again, completely inexcusable. Or – Maybe there's a culture there of you don't second guess Tony, and that's bad. That's really, really bad. Um, that White Sox team is one of the most exciting rosters in baseball, young and upcoming, and and to have him, I think, running it is probably not doing it justice in terms of how entertaining they can be. So pretty bad there. But he's also done things like leaving his best reliever in the bullpen, you know, because the game is tied and they're at home. Old school ways, old school ways, Anthony Wittrado. Yeah, and they've lost games like that. And, you know, you, you know, it's funny that, that, you know, 
those old school quote unquote kind of guys will say, well, we're not, you know, we don't, we don't pay attention to the stats and we don't pay attention to the metrics. That's not how we manage the game, but you're, you're managing to a stat. You're managing to the save stat when you do things like that and you're hurting your ball. club. they've lost games like that this year. So he's, he's been everything. I think everybody expected him to be so far. And if they win the World Series, nobody will care about any of this uh, come October. No. Uh, what uh, other? Hey, Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts did not have a great uh, reputation in Los Angeles. True. You know, last year he wins the World Series, and you know it's kind of uh, you know roses and butterflies for a little while for him. Yes, I, I would agree with you on that. One last thing: uh, what is going on with the Oakland Athletics? Uh, once again, out in California, trying to get a vote passed. Now MLB pressing the issue, saying, "Hey, if this doesn't work, then you should move." Uh, a, do you think it's going to pass and they're going to get their new stadium that they've been trying to get forever? Uh, and B, if they don't get that new stadium, where do you think they're going? Yeah, I was hopeful, you know, uh, about this stuff for them for a while. And it's just, it's, it's been sucked out of me. Um, I don't think they get it done. And to answer the second part of that question, um, you know, it's, going back a little bit, Santa Clara, where the 49ers currently play, that area is perfect for them. It's it's way south of San Francisco, um, but based on Major League Baseball, the crazy and weird that nobody can understand boundaries and rules, that's Giants territory, so the Giants have to sign off on that, which obviously they're not going to do. Um, so it's leaving, it's, it's putting them where they're at now, the A's. As far as where they end up beyond that, the the only the only logical place that for me right now because I don't think Portland is happening. It, it seems like Las Vegas. Now, does Major League Baseball want to step foot in Las Vegas at this point? I don't know. It seems like they might be hesitant, um, even though they're already in bed with betting partners. Uh, but it, it seems like that's the likeliest destination, and not just because the Oakland Raiders went there. I think it's just the likeliest destination, period. You just got to think every professional sports league is going to be in Vegas eventually. That's that's where this is all headed. Anthony Watrado. Yeah, yeah one, one-stop shop. Right, absolutely. Anthony Watrado, thank you so much for coming on, obviously. And uh, good luck with your PGA deal, and I uh, always like reading your baseball stuff. All right, Sparky, I appreciate it, man. You bet you take care. There he is, Anthony Watrado on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. of applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com schedule release uh, comes up tomorrow we'll look at well, who the Packer opponents are uh, that we'll be looking to see on the schedule we'll talk about that coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness welcome back Sparky's Midday Madness here on the fan see Sparky Fiber with you Dan Plucker executive producer on the other side of the glass we talked about earlier before we did anything we tried on that the Brewers were going to 50% capacity uh, coming up this weekend Saturday, I believe it was. And that was uh, from Mayor Tom Barrett. But we didn't know, and we found out during the Anthony Wittrado interview, uh, was that the Milwaukee Bucks also have been given permission to go to 50% capacity. So that's going to be right in the area of 9,000 people, and that will start uh, for the NBA playoffs. It will not start for the end of the regular season this week, but it will start in the NBA playoffs. Uh, 50% in baseball, 20-some thousand, definitely impactful. Going from where they are now to about 9,000 people, Dan Plucker, for the playoffs is going to feel like a huge difference for the Milwaukee Bucks at home. Yeah, especially inside. Like, yes. it, that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of echo in that building. It's going to feel loud. Like, we have not experienced that many fans in a stadium at a sporting event, not just here in Milwaukee, but across the entire country. And every stadium is going to be different. Some stadiums yeah. still isn't going to have a bunch of fans in there. So we're talking about, you know, the Bucks jockeying for position here in the playoffs. The more home field advantage they have, the better it's going to be because if they continue to increase the amount of fans that they have at capacity, I mean, we're going to talk we're going to be talking full, quote unquote full, but full stadiums here in Milwaukee where on the road, that might not be the case for see other if, teams. See if you could look up and find out. I'm going to go over the NFL schedule here for the Packers. It comes out tomorrow night. I just want to go over some of the opponents uh, that could be lining up here for the Packers. But see if you could find what the fan attendance numbers are for the NBA stadiums currently. Like, what are the attendance numbers for every – some website somewhere has got to have these numbers. I, I'm just – I'm curious to see how many people are at 50% or if anybody's at 50% or if the Bucks are the first to get to 50%. 
uh, at this point. Because again, if if say Brooklyn's at you know twenty percent or whatever, and then you come to Milwaukee and they're at fifty percent, oh boy, that is going to be a noticeable difference. Now, if every NBA stadium's at fifty percent, I mean, yeah, it's still your fan, so it still kind of is a home court uh, deal. But I don't know if it's as big of a deal. But if you're coming from no fans to 50% fans, 9,000 fans, that road team is really going to feel the effects of that uh, coming into your stadium. Dan Plucker is as quick as they get. He already has it. All right, so Pluck, what, what do we got? Yeah, the Bucks at 50% will be the most in the NBA at this point, according to this story from SportsTravelMagazine.com. When is that um, from? It is from six days ago. So oh, 11. so it's current. Current. Correct. So are there any so, teams without fans still? Um, I think Does Golden I saw State have fans. I thought Golden through. State the Thunder have no fans, and they are the only team. They're the only ones. Correct. Every other team has at least a decent amount of capacity. What Golden is... State, I believe, was actually leading. They had thirty-five percent capacity. Now the Bucks took that over with fifty. The Jazz had thirty-seven, so they were actually in first until the Bucks announced fifty percent today. The Brooklyn Nets will have thirty percent starting May nineteenth. So that will be still a significant playoffs. That will, <laughs> but that will be still a twenty percent more fans. That will still feel like a lot, I think, if you're the Nets coming to Milwaukee. What about the Miami Heat, a potential first round playoff matchup for the Bucks? Yeah, let me see. Miami Heat are at fifteen percent oh, capacity, including buddy. two lower sections. Uh, with fully vaccinated fans, the Philadelphia 76ers will expand to 50% for the playoffs. Okay, as well. so Philly and Milwaukee won't seem like a big difference. Miami is going to feel like a gigantic difference. How is Miami in the state of Florida only at 15%? It's Florida. Like, I mean, everything I hear from people that go to Florida is they don't give a rip down there. Like, everybody's just doing what they want to do. Like, there is no pandemic anymore. Miami's only at 15%? Yeah. That's crazy. That's going to feel huge. That'll be a huge home court advantage for the Bucs. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. All right, so again, if you're just tuning in, Bucks at 50% capacity for the playoffs. Brewers at 50% capacity uh, at American Family Field starting on Saturday. So, like we've said before, we're going to be at 100% capacity, I would think, for the Brewers by September. you got to think that's where this is headed. All NFL teams uh, will probably be at 100% uh, as well. So we'll just have to wait and see how this whole thing uh, goes going forward. All right, so let's talk about this NFL schedule. 2021 uh, opponents uh, for uh, this upcoming season for the Green Bay Packers. Schedule comes out tomorrow night. Obviously, we know Bears, Lions, Vikings. Okay, fine. But what about the rest of them? Home opponents for the Green Bay Packers, the Cleveland Browns. I don't really see that as a need to be on primetime. I know our morning show loves the Cleveland Browns, Horvath and, and Bart Winkler. I don't see the need to have, be in primetime against Cleveland. So don't see that. Uh, the Rams with Stafford now, I think that could be a primetime game, right? Uh, I would think going into uh, this season. The Steelers, look, man, I mean, it's the Cowboys, Steelers, and Packers, probably the three largest fan bases, uh, and Cowboys. Yeah, put the Cowboys in there. Uh Largest fan bases. So if Packers Steelers ended up in prime time, that wouldn't surprise me. Packers Seahawks maybe. Uh, Packers Washington prime time probably not. Road games Packers at Arizona could be yeah depending on the hype train right now uh, for the Cardinals. Packers Ravens I don't think so. Packers Bengals absolutely not. Packers Saints no they have no quarterback. Packers, Niners, and a young quarterback in Trey Lance and Garoppolo, uh, maybe. Don't think so. Packers, Chiefs, absolutely. I-, I would think the Chiefs and the Steelers are probably primetime games. With Big Ben's last year being this year and their fan base. Mahomes is definitely one. But wait a second. There's a whole nother part of this. Plucker, do they, does the NFL go... Okay, from what we're hearing, he's probably not back in Green Bay this year. And if they, he holds out, so be it. But he's probably not the quarterback. Could we be given a hint tomorrow night to what the NFL believes the Green Bay Packers are going to look like based on what their primetime lineup looks like tomorrow night, Plucker? Yeah, absolutely. I think we are going to see 
kind of what the NFL is feeling out about all this. You have to think that they've had conversations with people in Green Bay about whether or not Aaron Rodgers, because it, it means significant money for some of these teams. Now, you can always flex later on in the season, yes. but, flex but out. early on, I think if we're, we're going to see kind of an indicator, not necessarily uh, this is happening or this is not happening with a Rodgers trade, but we may see an indicator of what could be happening in the first couple of weeks like say in the for, season for the schedule. So, for instance, right, so Thursday night, everybody thinks it's going to be Tampa at home, Brady at home against whoever's on their schedule. It won't be the Green Bay Packers. But the natural Sunday night game, you know, w- would make sense of, you know, Packers, Niners maybe, Packers, Rams, Packers, Steelers, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, all of these are possibilities of who it would be. I think Rodgers Mahomes, Sunday night, week one, would be what everybody would want to see. But again, mark my words, if that schedule comes out tomorrow night and Packers Chiefs is a noon game plucker somewhere on the schedule, then you're going to know. You're going to know. If Packers Chiefs are a noon game in some random week across the schedule and it's not a 3 o'clock game, it's not a primetime Sunday, because Mahomes-Rodgers is Sunday night football. Like I I don't care what you want to sell me on, that's Sunday night. If that's not a primetime game, then to me that's going to tell me the NFL isn't buying that Rodgers is in Green Bay. Yeah, I think it's a real possibility. Because they're coming off a 13-3 and season in a conference championship. The team comes back relatively intact outside of Corey Lindsley. So, from that perspective, you can't look at the Packers and go, well, they lost like five guys in free agency. They may not be as good, so we're not going to put the Packers on prime time as much. I mean, I hadn't thought about this, but I think it's a distinct possibility. You see Packers Chiefs at noon somewhere, Rodgers is gone. I, I... That would be how I'm going to read the schedule tomorrow. I don't know how you all are going to read the schedule tomorrow, but for me, that's how it lines up. Now, the other thing that you don't want to see as a Packers fan here is you don't want to see some of these really tough games getting stacked on top of each other, right? So you don't want to see on your schedule at Arizona, at San Francisco, and at Seattle, let's say. You don't want that. Or you don't want at LA, at the Cardinals, at Seattle. You don't want to see that type of stacking. What you do want to see, I think, if you're a Packer fan, is as far as these road teams, Washington's a cold-weather team. Browns are a cold-weather team. Pittsburgh's a cold-weather team. You'd like to see the Rams at Lambeau in December. That is what you want to see. What you don't want to see is the Rams at Lambeau in September because the rest of your uh, your schedule here, maybe Seattle has issues in, in Green Bay, but for the most part, you're good. As far as these other teams on the West Coast, you probably are okay with any of those games being in September, right? San Francisco is not overly hot. That's fine. Cardinals are going to close the roof if it's hot because they don't want their players passing out. Baltimore is not an issue. Bengals aren't an issue. Saints is a dome. Kansas City could be hot on a given day, I guess, if you play them earlier in the season. Yeah, will we get our clue on Aaron Rodgers when the schedule comes out tomorrow night, I think the key one to look at is Green Bay, Kansas City. If they put that game at noon and not in prime time, that tells me that they're being tipped off that Aaron Rodgers may not be back with the Packers. So we'll get to see what that looks like coming up tomorrow. Coming up next, we'll talk with Rami Makhlouf. He hosts the Rami Show. Comes up at 3 o'clock each and every weekday. We'll talk to him straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. For all of your plumbing needs, go to genewagnerplumbing.com. How are you doing here on a Tuesday? A Kim and Lavoy Judgment Day Tuesday. I remember those days on the Wendy's mm-hmm. Big Show. That comes up here uh, in about uh, six minutes or so with The Rami Show, hosted by Rami Makhlouf. Hosted by The Rami. Yeah, the Rami. The the Rami. You should have called it like the Sir Rami Makhlouf show. I didn't want to get too inside jokey. Like, I don't know. Jokey? Sir, that's a word? Too inside joke. Yeah, too inside jokey with it. And I also didn't want to scare white people or try and confuse them with the spelling and pronunciation really? of my last name. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of them around here. There's a lot of white people. No kidding. You don't say. See, you learn something when you listen to the Rami show every day from three to six. He'll educate you and teach you things about society. Like that. There's a lot of white people in Wisconsin. Oh, fooling. Ah, who knew? I didn't know that. I could have fooled me. 
Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll sorry about what's coming up on the show today other than more white people talk. What, what else do you got? Tyler Dunn completes the white cycle. Guy. Yeah, white guy. He completes white the cycle yep. of uh, 12.50 a.m. The Fan Shows. He will join me at 3.45. I know you've, read, Ron Wolf, you've, read, you've read all his the stuff about Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and, and Ron Wolf, and it's all really, so good. really. Did, did you start to believe in Jordan Love when you were reading the Jordan Love stuff? Were you, start, were you going, oh, wait, wait. Didn't have to read it. Well, I know why I don't here. have to read why that stuff. Because Leroy Butler knows everybody, and Leroy Butler has been saying he looks amazing. So, if Leroy Butler's going to tell me he looks amazing, then I I'm mean, in. I'm in. I don't need to hear any more. I love Leroy to death. You know I, I don't need to hear any more, You know, you know I love Leroy is my, like my brother. I love Leroy. Love the dude. I love him to death, right? But... Here it and, comes. And he keeps it 100, as he likes to say, right? But. If there's one thing where Leroy oh, might Lord. have a slant or an angle, it's degreed. I, I always have to take Leroy's pat. Like, he, dude, he loves drama and pettiness. And for some reason. He keeps, doesn't love drama around the I Packers. I know. For some reason, he keeps dancing Ooh. around this Aaron Rodgers thing. He loves, yeah. he loves drama and pettiness. Everywhere. So, I mean, Leroy nope. loves the Packers. And I don't know that he can necessarily give a fully. Well, um, he didn't see him play. So he's hearing it from somebody. That saw him play, that he looks amazing. Devontae Adams said he looks good. The question, though, with Jordan Love is, can he? how will he look when there's players coming at him, when it's an actual game? And nobody knows that. Leroy doesn't know that. Devontae doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. And that's why I don't know, they yeah. have to have Rodgers through this year to get to that point. Now, if this was next offseason, you saw Jordan Love play this preseason, and then Rodgers wants to play this game, he would have been gone on draft night. See ya. Adios. He's ready. I, you're, we're good. But instead, you're not in that situation. He knows he has you because of that mm-hmm. fact. So now he's playing the game. I don't know if Jordan Love is that good a quarterback or Tyler Dunn is just that good a writer. One of those, or it might be, I mean, it's probably, it could be both. It is possible that Tyler Dunn is damn good at what he does. Um, at Go 4, o'clock, at Go 4 o'clock, not only will we get to our Kim and the Boy judgment of the day, we will uh, debut Tuesdays with Winkler. Bart Winkler is going to join me for, I don't know, half hour. Hour, Half hour? Yeah, I mean, we're just going to hang out with Bart. Bart's just going to sit in, hang out on the show. We're going to take calls. Is this your own way of trying to get a show together? Is no. that what this is all about? No. Because aren't you on his show like once a week now, I too? am on his show now yeah, once a week. this is what this is. It's not trying so this to get is a trying show to talk this, to Mitch Rose is, and the no, PD of, hey, no, man, listen how good we are no, together. You should put us together. No. Y'all are tricky people. No. Yes, it is. We're just giving the people Bart, what white they guy want. as well. Bart is another white guy. That's true. You surround yourself with like a lot of white guys. There's a lot of them around Evan's a white guy. Producer. Yeah. Want me to do? I, I, I'm just saying. I, I only, I, I work with what I'm given. Right? No, yeah. The people want people want Rami and Bart together. Every time we're on See, the air now together, saying it. Well, no, now so, just throwing it out there. I don't make those decisions. Tell mm. me where to be, and I'll be there. I don't. Yeah. I don't make those decisions. I don't want to make those decisions. Well, I don't want to influence those decisions. But oh, if you're we trying can give, to influence those decisions. If we can give decisions. the people a small taste yeah. of what apparently a lot of them want, we'll give it to them once a week on the Rami show. Once a week on the uh, Rami y'all are funny together morning show. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Tim Allen will join me. Uh, yesterday, he usually does Mondays for a half hour. Brewers talk, some draft mockery. He did. He filled in for you yesterday, right. as I did. And you know, Tim is a little older, and after talking a nap. for four hours, he needs a nap. So right. he couldn't join me yesterday. He's going to join me today. I want your thoughts on the Kim and LaVoy judgment of the day. I think the poll is up right now at 12.50. I retweeted it. You are a jury. I always have trouble with this word. You're, you're on the jury for the uh, Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers. Oh. Case nice in the court of public opinion. Yeah, which way do you find Steve Sparky Pfeiffer? What's the question? What am I finding who guilty of? What's the what's who the question? Who looks better? Who looks worse? It's the court of public opinion. It's just a, it's basically a PR war at this point, isn't it? Isn't that what this is when we talk about the court of, pu- court oh, of public I, opinion and who looks better and who looks worse? Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers looks worse. You do? Yeah, absolutely. He looks worse for numerous reasons. One. Uh, you're under contract. You're the highest cap number in all of the NFL. So don't come at me with they didn't take care of you. That's one. Yeah, two, but none of that money is really guaranteed after this year. Two, I don't want to hear about it. Two, it's guaranteed for this year, and you're still on, uh, under contract. Two, you're letting everybody else do your work because you're scared and you're hiding. That's pathetic. I don't care how you look at it. That's scared. And if you would have told me prior to this all happening. Of all of our star players in the state of Wisconsin, who would have been the one hiding from the media and didn't, doesn't want to address his issues, Aaron Rodgers would not have been that guy. you got to keep it at arm's length. 
I would not have. Needs plausible instead, deniability. He's got right because he's scared. No, so instead, he doesn't want. He's not going to retire. But he has to be able to play that card and then be able to deny Nobody ever playing. Nobody believes a retirement card. And then, and then deny card? ever playing no. that card. He even has to be able to deny saying he won't He won't come back here or he doesn't want to come back here. Because when training camp starts and he comes back here, he, he oh, doesn't okay. he doesn't want to swallow his pride and tuck his tail between here, his legs. And go, I, he has to be able to go, no, I never said that. I love or he's just waiting to have his press conference with the other team. And then he'll talk about what happened in Green Bay. Yeah, or he's I mean, he is trying to get out. He's definitely trying to get out. I'll have my press conference in Denver and address the Green Bay stuff then. I'm not going to talk to anybody else until then. I mean, I have no idea what his deal is. All I know is you could do it very quickly, like I've been saying over and over again. Have your girl record you on, on her phone. You can post it to Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Do a little two-minute thing. Say what you got to say. No questions from McAfee. No questions from Leroy or Gary or anybody else. You say what you got to say. Shut the camera off. Post it, and at least you've said something. Instead, you got Devontae Adams having to go out there and talk. John Coon's having to talk. All these other people are having to do your work. James Jones, AJ James Hawk. Jones is another yeah. one. AJ, all these guys doing your work. I hope you're paying them well because it's a bunch of crap that you can't do your own work at this point. You're a grown ass man. Act like See, it. It's but it's a PR war, Sparky, and this is the smartest way to fight it. The smartest way for him to fight it is through other people. For now, using other people as a mouthpiece, so that if he has to come back to the Packers here in 2021. He he has he has plausible deniability. He can say none, none of that came from me. I don't know why you guys believe any of this stuff. Then why didn't you? Why didn't you denounce Why didn't you denounce this immediately? Because he wants out. No 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 no. You're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You just said what you said. Yeah. I'm the reporter. Right. Why didn't you denounce it from the beginning, Aaron? What are you? You're asking me this when I come back to camp? Yeah. You're saying I don't know that was true. I'm asking you if none of that was true, and now you're here. Then why didn't you? Why end is it my all responsibility of, to to shoot down false rep- false reports and rumors? Why are you guys because they're talking that about that's not my problem. You and your guys, James Jones, calling it fixable and all this other stuff, which clearly means that y'all had conversations about you being unhappy if something needed to be fixed. Now, would you like to go back and answer that question again? Yeah, I mean, obviously there was some friction, but I never wanted out of here. I was always going to come back and play for the Green Bay Packers. Then why did Mark Murphy, the president of the organization, say that he, Goody and LaFleur, all took separate trips to try and convince you to come back to Green Bay? Was he lying? No, they came to talk and smooth things over because there smooth was things friction. Over. Well, but I never asked. I never said I wasn't coming back to the Green Bay Packers. What that was the friction happened. over? Over, I w- you, you guys know what it's over. I no, I know. I'm trying to figure this out. What was the friction over? <laughs> I don't need – let's talk See, about football. This is why Aaron Rodgers will never come on a show I'm hosting. That is exactly it right there. The Romney Show comes up next. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.